Luke 24, 1-12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to be seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. It's good to be with you, and it's really great to... I love Easter, getting the opportunity just to talk about the resurrection. We always talk about the death and resurrection um, uh, at Trinity Grove. We'll do it every week. But it's great to have that Sunday where we really just remember in conquering the grave. Um, what, we'll, what we've been thinking about is imagining a world without Easter this, um, this year. Uh, all across the Trinity network of churches, our eight centres all across Adelaide and down at South Coast at Victor as well, we're spending uh, four Sundays thinking about what would it be like if Easter didn't happen? from different kind of perspectives. And, uh, and what we did our last Sunday, we looked at, well, imagine if there was no hope uh, because there was no Easter. On Good Friday, just a couple of days ago, we looked at, imagine if, if um, there's no justice. And today, we're considering, as you can see on the screen, imagine a world where death wins. And I wonder, does anything communicate... Uh, the idea that we hate the idea of death winning than this machine. Does anyone know what it is? Think. Yeah, spot on. A cryotherapy machine, apparently. Uh, you may have seen ads, I think one of them, 60 Minutes or Sunday, one of them's doing a thing on it. And the whole blurb about it is this machine will give you longer life and make you healthier and lose your wrinkles and you'll live for longer and avoid death that little bit longer. It's cold in there. They, they, they talk about how, uh, you know, you put a rose in there and it'll crumble. It is freezing. And Jen said, well, I, yeah, I'm not going in there. I'd rather get wrinkly and not be healthy than go in that cold. Um, I kind of relate. But the desperation, the desperation to uh, avoid death I think is something that we're confronted with. The world, we, well, we love to prolong death. But when we think about it, and sometimes you like to put it to the back of our mind, we know the reality is, we know the reality is, we can't really do that great a job. 
we can't do that great a job. Imagining a world where death wins is not hard. No matter how much we try, how much we long to make it different, death is an outcome. The question is, how could Jesus make any difference? How could he make any difference to the outcome that we all are confronted with? And on one level, you should be able to say to me, maybe, well, isn't it obvious? He rose from the dead. (laughs) He's not dead anymore. But he rose from the dead, not just so um, we can imagine that death doesn't win, but that we can long for a time where you and I no longer have death on the horizon. And that's what I want us just to see today. Maybe for you, it's a completely foreign concept to you. The whole idea of someone rising from the dead you're still wrestling with to the other end of the spectrum where maybe you have have, uh, loved Jesus and followed him for many years and today is the day for you to crystallize and remind yourself of how great the resurrection is. Wherever you're at, I hope today will help you in considering what he's done for us. And the way I want to do it is I want us to have a look at it from uh, two, two points. Um, in your outlines at the week um, there, I don't know what page number it is, but the um, outlines there, I've got two points and I've flipped them around in the way I'm going to talk to them about them today. But the two things I want us to see is that death does not have to win. And the second thing I want us to see is kind of where we went with the kids. He went first. And if we see that, my goal is hopefully today you will um, be encouraged and maybe challenged if you're not there yet to consider Jesus is some, someone you do need to follow. But before we get into it, I also want to acknowledge that um, the idea of someone rising from the dead is kind of out there, isn't it? And it's a big deal. And many people would say, Anyone who believes such a notion is just having faith in something, a leap in the dark, blind faith. That it's something you just do because you like the idea of it, but where's your proof or evidence for it? Wherever you stand, wherever your scepticism is, um, I want to encourage you to be a wise sceptic instead of an assuming sceptic. And by that I mean that if you choose to be sceptical about the death and resurrection of Jesus, that's your choice. Uh, But I'd want to encourage you to actually look into the reliability, the reasons why people do believe in the resurrection of Jesus. To investigate and not just assume that Christians just like the idea, but that they're actually good evidence, that the Bible has a reliability behind it, that there is many testimonies outside of the Bible that uh, testify to the fact that his followers truly believed this, that it wasn't something that was made up years ago. And then make your decision. And I, I want to encourage you not to uh, just assume, uh, assume if you're a Christian, I, I believe in that because that's what Christians do. Have a reason for what you believe. And one of the things I want to encourage, encourage you to do, if it's helpful for you, I, um, I, I, uh, last year we had our first um, life course that we did. A few of you guys were here, Luke. You were at Life Course, weren't you? That was a good time. Our Life Course we did at my house. Yeah, and Jack, you were there. It was really great as we spent time 
um, four weeks thinking about what's life with Jesus about and can you have reasons to believe in the Gospels? Can you have reasons to believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus? If that's something you're wrestling with, that might be a great thing to do. And it's going to come after Easter. We're going to, but it'll probably be um, four weeks in May and we'll do that. And if you're interested in that, you can put that on, in your cards. But if that's not the way you want to think about it, maybe you like reading, maybe you like thinking about it. One of the books that we used during that course and uh, that I've absolutely loved and engaged with was by a guy named um, Wallace. And Wallace, um, he had, now has a website, Warner Wallace. He was a New York detective, a... Um, decorated New York detective and he decided, he was very much agnostic and not really down with the whole Christianity Jesus dying and rising again thing and he was an expert in cold cases you know like those cases that no one's been able to solve and they get put into the back shelves and then there's a group of uh, uh, police who go and investigate those and try and figure them out well he decided to employ all his skills as a cold case detective to the Bible and to the evidence for Jesus and the death and resurrection. And his book was really fantastic, Cold Case Christianity. Um, and I, I, I'd love to um, read it again. And if anyone else is interested in reading it, I'd love to um, engage with you on that, if that interests you. Um, and I noticed on his website, he's actually got one specifically about, can you really believe in the resurrection? Which I maybe will read in the coming months. All that long kind of long-winded assumption is to say... Uh, while we're not looking at it in depth today, there are reasons to believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And as we look at it now, even if you're still a little bit sceptical, consider, if you get past that, this is what it's about. See, if Jesus did indeed rise from the dead, what we need to remember is death does not have to win. Have a look with me again at um, just a little snippet of 1 Corinthians 15. You may have noticed that there was that whole imperishable, perishable bit. We're not going to deal with that um, specifically, but I wanted to really focus in on verses 55 to 57 as they um, come up on the screen. It says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of, of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, God's triumph was at the point when all seemed lost. Actually, these words, um, if we went back to Isaiah 25 and even in Hosea, they're, they're alluded to many hundreds of years ago that there's someone who's going to bring this extraordinary victory that's going to last beyond death. God's triumph was at the point when his son is on the cross, where Satan wants him to be, where the people have sent him, those who were kind of following, those who hated him from the beginning, the Romans, the Pharisees. At that point on the cross is where we're at the brink of triumph. See, death's victory is in its deadness. That is, its power to stay dead. The power of death is that you stay dead. And Jesus doesn't stay dead. 
he conquers the grave. That's what verse 55 was saying. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Because your victory is only if people stay dead. And now this Jesus has jumped over that. He is alive. Where is your sting? You do not have it anymore. On that first Easter morning, when the women get to the tomb and see it's, the, the, it's rolled away, the entrance, and they look in and there's no one there. There's the angel there saying, why are you looking? Why, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? He's not here. Jesus does not stay dead. He conquers the grave. That's why actually, um, really importantly, we see in the end of the gospel and in, 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 um, in uh, Acts, Jesus actually ascends into heaven. That's a really important point to tell us that he's still living now. He didn't just die, rise to die again. If you've read any of the Gospels and you've read the stories, uh, we're going to do Mark after next week and we'll see Jesus he'll, it brings a girl back to life who was dead, but she'll die again. His good buddy Lazarus. Lazarus, who he wept over. He pulled out of the grave, but he'll die again. But Jesus doesn't. The sting of death is no more. Jesus' death deals with the thing that causes our death. You see that in verse 56. The sting of death is sin. The reason there's any death in this world, the reason that we have a problem, the reason that there's so much brokenness is that little three-letter word which points to the fact we have actually just rebelled against God. That we don't want to be in relationship with Him. That the whole notion of life forever His way, we have turned away from and so death is the actual reality. And Jesus steps in and says, death, because of your sin, does not have to win. It was worth, I think, waiting for the alarms to go off, to sing a couple songs to hear that, I reckon. But this is good for Jesus. He gets to beat death. We still face it. But the second thing, he went first, as we try to show the kids, so we can follow. That's what verse 57 points to. Look at verse 57. Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See what it says there? He gives us the victory. What's the victory? His victory is that he conquered death. And he's giving it to us. We can conquer death. Jesus defeats death, so we can defeat death. Sure, we will die unless Jesus returns. But actually, we have life beyond the grave. It's not where we stay. We live with Him. The gravity of the situation is so profound. He is saying to us today, wherever you're at, I am making it so you don't have to stay dead. 
It's a magnificent picture. Something that should bring us great joy. I am making it so that you'll never have to worry about eternity because there's no death in eternity. The Bible often talks about it in the, in the regards to first fruits. In verse 20, we see this. There's a long uh, passage that we could go into and spend so much richness to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you've read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, on one level you go, wow, that's so amazing what Jesus has done on the cross. On the other level you're going, what was that all about? <laughs> that's really deep. kind of makes sense if we're talking about something so big and amazing as the resurrection of Jesus. But what we see in verse 20 is... Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He was the first fruits, so there will be many fruits after him. 23 and 24 go on to say the same things. I'll just read them to you. I don't think I put them on the screen. 23 and 24, um, just after it says in 22, as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. He says in 23, each in turn, Christ the first fruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father. See how magnificent it is that we are being included into this extraordinary relationship into eternity because of what he's done in his resurrection. There is no doubt If we spend a moment thinking about death seriously, it brings us pain. It can be profoundly painful and confronting. It impacts all of our life and in ways when all we have to say is, I don't understand. It brings us to tears. Death became real for me. There's two moments in my life when it really became real for me. When I was a young teenager, just a few years ago, and um, <laughs> couldn't help it, could you cry? You couldn't help it. You had to be a little thing. <laughs> it was a while ago. Um, when I was a teenager, um, and if, if you know me, I do have an obsession and it's golf, and I was, even when I was a teenager, and uh, we had a group of friends, and we always used to play together, and there was a trainee pro, and he was a great guy and we spent our time getting to know him and um, he was friends with us even though he was about five, ten years older than us. One of my best mates became really close to him. We became adults and we started going out in our early 18s and 19 years old and he would be out with us. And then one, one day we got the news that he killed himself and none of us had any idea that he was in strife. None of us had any idea of where he was at in his life and the trouble that he was in. He was just a friend. He wasn't a really close friend to me, but all of my close friends, a lot of them were really close to him. And I I, I don't forget that and will never forget that. I remember in my first year as a minister after college and this lovely girl started coming to church. She was younger than I am now. And uh, she was a lovely uh, Christian girl who, who, um, who got cancer. And it was my task to care for her and to pastor her as she 
in the end was not going to defeat it and she died and I can see it's clearly in my head this day eight years later sitting in her lounge room as she's dying with her family and she died that day as I was there it's profoundly heartbreaking and destroying the family was inconsolable how could this be Jesus is saying at Easter you might not understand everything that's happening the world is broken because of sin and things are happening that's messed up but I'm saying to you there is life beyond the grave if you come to me Jesus is saying I have gone through the grave so that you can be risen with me remember last Sunday when we looked at imagine a world without hope we went to Revelation 21 if you've never been to Revelation 21 read verses 1 to 4 and you'll see that hope where there's no more pain where there's no more suffering where there's no more death And it's so beautifully and intimately put to us where the Lord of all wipes away our tears. This is no clinical uh, kind of bland eternity. This is where the Lord of all treasures us, that he wipes away our tears so there is no more. You see, Easter brings hope right into all our lives in a place where there is none. Our mortality. I finished the outline by saying, do you want life to win? It's kind of a weird thing to say, but it's kind of just saying, you've got death and it's taking on life. That's what we see. You've got death taking on life. There's only one way life can win. Jesus goes before you. It's not something that just happens that we can ignore and that'll become a reality for you. Jesus dealt with your sin. That's what we talked about on Friday. That before he conquered the grave, he was on the cross where we should have been. He did that for us. And our response is to turn to him and acknowledge that. I wonder where you're at today. I wonder whether you've still got many questions. Can I encourage you to continue to pursue them? Can I encourage you to uh, have a chat with me if that would be helpful? Have a chat with your uh, friend that you may be here with. Um, Talk with each other. Even if you do follow Jesus but you're struggling. Maybe today you've realized, you know what, he is Lord and I do need to trust him. Know that you don't have to do anything. He conquered the grave. What else could you do to get you into heaven? He died for you, is living forever and he's saying, I've done it, trust in me. What a wonderful picture Easter is.
If that is the case for you, you've got questions, feel free to write them on the cards. If you're saying, I, I do want to follow Jesus, I'd, I'd love to help you. Um, uh, Jack would love to help you. Um, your friends would. Let, let us know and we um, want to encourage you and help to work that out. Because I want to suggest to you today, the world is going to continue to want to abandon the resurrection of Jesus. Maybe keep some of the morals, maybe not. But the resurrection is getting pushed down and down. But the reality is, Jesus conquers the grave. Let's celebrate that this Easter uh, and let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your Son has conquered the grave. We thank you that death does not have to win. All our pain and heartache in however it's impacted us. We can long for eternity because of what your Son has done. Your mercy alone that we've sung about, that you've given us life. Help us to remember it's not anything we can do. It's everything your Son has done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.